Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 9 preview episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Hit and record, as always, just as the last few pressers are finishing up on Friday afternoon. FPL deadline this week is 11am UK time on Saturday, 90 minutes before the Merseyside Derby kicks off. If you're considering buying a Liverpool player this week, or if you've already got a few of them in your team, it might be worth waiting until close to the deadline for your transfers and captaincy decisions in case we get a team leak, which there often is for Liverpool picks. Just to mention as well, at the time of recording on Friday afternoon, there seems to be a few whispers from Nottingham that the Nottingham Forest Luton game could be in danger due to the weather. Very stormy conditions in the UK at the moment. You can probably hear the wind whistling through my spare bedroom window as I record. Hopefully the microphone is good enough to block that out. But keep a close eye on Nottingham Forest against Luton. In particular, like myself, if you own Matt Turner, we might end up needing our substitute goalkeeper for game week nine. The second international break of the season is thankfully now over and we've got another block of four fixtures to attack before another break between game weeks 12 and 13. On today's episode, I'll round up the pressers, answer listener questions, discuss the captaincy and talk you through my team for the weekends and also give you a few early thoughts on transfers for game week 10, which is next week. Make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and leave a review if you get a chance as well. Team news for Game Week 9 in alphabetical order. First stop is Arsenal. As always, Arteta didn't give much away. He was asked about Bukayo Saka. Arteta's reply was, he's been working so hard to be fit for this game. Let's see where he is today. So presumably they had a training session today and all will be decided after that. Not very helpful for FPL managers. Saliba has been carrying a toe injury for a couple of weeks and his availability will be determined after training today. I would suspect that Saliba will be fine. Out of slightly more concerns over Saka because he did miss that game week 8 fixture. So a tricky one if you own him. I'm hoping as a non-owner that he's back around game week 10 so I can buy him for the Sheffield United fixture. At Aston Villa, Zaniolo is available. Himself and Tonali have some off-the-field issues to deal with. But both players are available for the respective clubs this weekend. Bournemouth, Philip Billing is available. I think he had a knock during the break, but he should be fine. 
No press conference updates yet from Deserby or Thomas Frank at Brentford and Brighton. I'll come back to that if I see anything before I finish recording. Nothing of note from Vincent Company at Burnley. At Chelsea, quite a few things here. So Broja is ruled out. Enzo Fernandez and Caicedo came back from South America, but they are ready and they should be available for selection. De Sassi, Nicholas Jackson and Reese James, they need to be assessed after today's training session. Badia Chile could make the bench for the first time this season. And Cole Palmer has trained this week. Palmer, a very interesting FPL option now at just 4.9 million. Nothing of note at Crystal Palace at Everton. Idrissa Gay is available for the Derby. That's good news for them. Nothing new at Fulham. The big news of the game week comes from Liverpool. Andy Robertson injured playing for Scotland. He's set to undergo surgery on a shoulder injury. Some reports, I think the Athletic are reporting it could be three months for Andy Robertson. Klopp was asked about his left-back options. And his reply was, it's not just Shimakas. He can't play all the games from now on. Gomez can also play the position. And we have Chambers and other young boys. We need options, so that's good. So I still probably wouldn't read too much into this. I still think Shimakas is a very good FPL pick. We'll probably play most of the league games. And maybe some of the Euro- Europa League games could be for the others. The good news is Liverpool is the first kickoff on Saturday this week. So if you're thinking about buying Shimakas, you're hoping you get a team leak. And you'll leave your transfer maybe until about 30 minutes before the deadline. If Shimakas does start against Everton, he's certainly option an option for me and for many others as a transfer in game week 10. Nothing of note either at Luton Town, although I do think their defender Anderson has been ruled out for a couple of months. Manchester City, the main news there is Rodri is back from suspension. Hopefully that's good news for Mr Haaland, who will be my captain this weekend. At Manchester United, Casemiro has been ruled out, but that is said to be a short-term issue. Regulon, Varane and Amrabat are all available. Hoyland, the striker, seems to be available also, despite an injury scare against San Marino. At Newcastle, a lot of people waiting for an update on Botman. And much like Arteta, Eddie Howe didn't give much away. All he said was Botman is improving, and he said the international break has been good for him. So what the hell does that mean? If you own Botman, it's a tricky one. Question on him later. There was a comment on Alexander Isak as well. Eddie Howe said he hasn't trained with us yet, so we're going to leave it as late as possible to see if he's fit and available. So big doubt over Isak for Game Week 9. Possibly opens the door for a Callum Wilson one-week punt for those of you who are wildcarding in Game Week 10. Tonali, who I mentioned, is available. Joe Linton could return, but Willock remains out. If if the Nottingham Forest game goes ahead, a one-year remains out but he's not too far away from returning to training Montiel picked up an injury on international duty and Serge Aurier is doubtful at Sheffield United George Baldock is getting closer he's probably sitting on a few benches in FPL teams at Spurs positive update from Postacoglu he said it's been a pretty positive international break for us in terms of availability I'll address the international players first everyone is kind of back and medical reports seem to be good, so there's no real issues around the guys. Brennan Johnson has also been training during international break, so he could be in contention for a start on Monday night. At West Ham and Wolves, nothing of note at either either team. 
Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick plug for my Patreon. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast, you find it useful, and you'd like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General, where you'll get iTest podcasts every week, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals, and much more. Question time. The first one this week is from FPL Tom. Now that Robertson is sidelined long term, is Shimakas definitely nailed on? And if so, is he a decent option? So I noted down this question this morning before Klopp's presser. Much easier to answer it now. Is Shimakas definitely nailed on? I don't think we can say that after what Klopp just said. But is he a decent option? Absolutely. I think Shimakas at around 4.4 is worth the punt, especially if, if you've got maybe a fourth defender on your bench who plays week in, week out, that you can fall back on if Shimakas does miss a game or two. So I'll be watching closely. If the Greek does play against Everton, I'll be very interested in game week 10. I was actually, this time last week, last Friday evening, I sat down to watch Greece against Ireland and Shimakas put in a lovely cross for for Giacomacus to score. So he tempted me with that assist watching that game last Friday. So hopefully we'll see a few of those in the Premier League over the next couple of weeks. And most importantly, we wish Andy Robertson a speedy recovery. Question from FPL Virtuoso. Trippier and Morris to Shimakas and Watkins if Shimakas starts. And there was another related question here from FPL Brooklyn. Hold a transfer this week or go for the upside Shimakas pick? So I'm in this scenario. I've got one free transfer. Shimakas is tempting, but again, not as interested now after those Klopp comments. I'm happy with my three defenders. I've got Cash, Trippier and Gabriel. So I feel like a lot of teams out there probably have three maybe even four good defensive picks already. And if that is the case, I don't think we need to go for Shimakas. If you are struggling, if you've got a Botman, for example, if you've got a few injured defenders on your bench, then maybe, maybe it's a decent pickup for the Everton fixture. But I do prefer banking a transfer for Gimme 10 if you've already got three decent defenders that you can get on the pitch this week. We don't need to be the first owner of Shimakas. Virtuoso's question was what about Trippier and Morris to Shimakas and Watkins if Shimakas starts? So probably will get a Liverpool team leak in the morning if you see it and if you see Shimakas playing left back. I feel like I've said that name way too many times already on this podcast. This is certainly the Costa Shimakas episode of the season. Trippier and Morris wouldn't be overly keen on selling Trippier. He's been very good recently. Morris I don't love as an FPL pick so yeah I think if you do get the team news and he is starting I would prefer to own the Shimakas Watkins combo over Trippier and Morris combo I feel like Shimakas and Watkins is a better pairing than Trippier and Morris but it's probably pretty pretty close and I guess it's how much faith you're going to have in Trippier Question from Tin of Beans FPL, our favourite FPL Twitter account name. Rolling a transfer seems sensible if possible, but with the clash with a possible wildcard next week, there's a risk of burning the extra transfer needlessly. Yes, good point. Managers like myself who still have the wildcard, Game Week 10 is an attractive time to do so when you look at the fixtures. So does it make sense to bank a transfer this week if we might wildcard next week? And to be honest, it doesn't really bother me too much if your starting 11 is already something you're happy with, if you don't really see any weaknesses in it, it's not the end of the world if you get to game week 10 with two free transfers and then you wildcard. Yes, it feels like you might have wasted one, but at the same time, you don't need to make one this week just for the sake of it. So the scenario I'm in is 
I think I'm very likely not to wildcard next week, so I'm very much leaning towards rolling the transfer. Even if I was set on wildcard next week, in particular, I think my front four, my front seven, I should say, my four midfielders and my three forwards all have good fixtures this week, so I wouldn't be selling one of them just for the sake of it. Now, if you had a midfielder or a forward who maybe had a tricky fixture on paper, or if you own Isak, for example, or if you own Darwin and you find out tomorrow morning that he's benched, then of course you take a one-week punt if you think you're going to wildcard next week. But if the team's looking good, if there's a chance you're not going to wildcard next week, I want those two free transfers because if I have two frees and give me 10, I can get Saka easily. I could even get Salah for a minus four. I could probably even get Salah for two free transfers if I go for someone like a Cole Palmer and give me 10. So very much Salah's on my mind, but I also want to keep the wild card for as long as possible. So two free transfers, if you can, this week is my advice. Question from FPL Babera. When is the deadline for using the first wild card? Good question, because I'm sure a lot of listeners don't know the answer to this. I double-checked it from the rules section of the FPL website. Word for word, the First wildcard will be available from the start of the season until Saturday the 30th of December at 1.30pm UK time. So essentially you have to play your first wildcard at some point before the game week 20 deadline. So December 30th is the day of game week 20, the first set of fixtures. So you could effectively activate your wildcard at 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday the 30th of December and build a new team for game week 20. So keep that in mind. If you still have it, it must be used before the game week 20 deadline. Question from FPL Bafana. If one can get to an ideal wildcard team for a minus four or even a minus eight, is it worth it to take hits and keep the wildcard until December? I think it is worth it. Even, you know, I'm talking about possibly taking a minus four and give me 10 to get Salah and keeping the wild card for later. A minus four isn't much at all and it's certainly not worth wild carding rather than taking a minus four. And even a minus eight or even if you take a minus four this week, next week and maybe a minus four in a couple of weeks time, a couple of hits is absolutely worth taking. If it gets you to exactly where you want your team to be, if you think it's in line with what your wild card team would be, it's extremely powerful to have a wild card chip up your sleeve for the unknown, we just never know what's around the corner. There's a lot of bad weather this weekend. The further we get into winter, there could be even more weather issues. And it is the unknowns. You know, the last couple of years, we've had pandemics. We've had monarchs dying. There's probably things we're not even thinking about that could happen at any point in October, November, December. So having that wildcard available for unknowns and also to navigate, you know, Manchester City blanks and stuff like that later, I think... I'm hoping at least will be very, very useful and hopefully will give me an edge over other managers. So yeah, a couple of hits is absolutely worth it if you want to keep your wildcard until November or December. Question from FPL Stomach. These names get better and better every season. Should our defenders cost more than 5 million? With some question marks over Sun and Saka, could value instead be found in cheaper midfielders in the price bracket from 66 to 7.7 million range could easily find four great picks in this segment yeah so there is lots of good midfielders between 6.6 and 7.7 i think 7.7 is probably referring to martinelli there down around 6.6 you've got the likes of your matomas and your Mbumos and all those guys from game week one should our defenders cost more than five million there's an argument to be made where you can just go with three cheap defenders now cash is 
just above 5 million. A lot of people would have got him under 5 million, though. You've got Gabriel at 4.7. You've got plenty of other options elsewhere. Shimakis comes into it now as well. Try not to say his name anymore because it's annoying me and I'm sure it's annoying you. Defenders under 5 million, absolutely viable. But then, you know, Trippier, he's been so good. So much attack and threat, so good in bonus points. So I'm quite happy with one premium defender. I think that's a nice balance. You know, one premium and then two cheaper guys leaves things quite flexible. For example, if Trent became essential at some point, it's much easier to get to Trent from a trippier than it is to get from a five million or less defender. So plenty of value in the five million or less defenders and lots and lots of value in those mid-price midfielders also. Eric says, not really a question, Eric says, you're a fixtures guy, surely this is the game week Rashford explodes, somehow I still own him. Yeah, I saw him a few weeks ago, Eric, I'm, I'm hoping for your sake that he does come good, good to see him scoring a nice goal for England during the week, that will do his confidence the world of good, and yeah, I am a fixtures manager, I always put out a, a, a power picks team for my patrons each week, which is basically a free hit team every week, and the Manchester United guys will be in it this week because it's always fixture-based. And when any team is playing Sheffield United, those attackers are attractive. So again, people who are looking for one-week punts this week, if you don't own Bruno or you don't own Rashford, even Hoyland up front, I think, are perfectly viable one-week punts. So best of luck for Eric. I hope Rash. Best of luck, Eric. I hope Rashford is on the score sheet. Question from Marco Toikinen. Marco says, I'll be shipping out Eze this game week. Looking to replace him with Gordon, Neto or Huang. Which one to go for? Marco is inclined to go towards Wolves as I feel they have ever so slightly better fixtures. Especially as I don't think Newcastle will score a lot against Crystal Palace. So definitely think longer term with this transfer. I wouldn't be focusing too much on the Crystal Palace game. Because whichever cheap midfielder you bring in, chances are he might stay there for a while. So I've had a look at the fixture ticker on the Scout website up until game week 18. Newcastle and Wills are pretty equal for fixture difficulty. They rank third and fourth on the ticker. But then when I think of the teams involved here, you know, which attack is better? And it's Newcastle. Newcastle are top of the league for XG after eight game weeks, while Wolves rank 13th. So Neto and Huang have been excellent. Um, Neto could end up being quite talismanic for that team. But I just like Anthony Gordon because he plays for a better team. Uh, I've got a lot more faith in Newcastle to score goals. I think Gordon will get plenty of minutes over the next few weeks. So if I was wildcarding for game week nine, I would lean towards Gordon over the Wolves guys. Question from Top Bins with Twins. As both have really nice run of fixtures approaching, do you prefer Darwin or Hoyland? So again, comes back to a Liverpool team league on Saturday. If you're thinking about Darwin, you've got to keep an eye out for that because you don't want him if he's bench really. Although we know he can do damage from from the bench. My gut instinct here is: Do I prefer Darwin or Hoyland? I prefer the Liverpool man. Again, comes down to the team he plays for: a better attack, a more functioning unit at the moments. And I also feel like Darwin can be more explosive than Hoyland. Hoyland still finds his feet in the Premier League and in his new team. So I do prefer Darwin over Hoyland. If you're taking a punt there. But again, all eyes on a possible team leak on Saturday morning. Final question is from Jamas Areri. Who are the teams to target over the next few game weeks? And who are the teams to avoid? So again, I've kept it simple. The fixture ticket was open. Sorted by the next four game weeks. Which teams have the best fixtures? So these are the teams we should be targeting. With our transfers and our captaincy. Liverpool right at the top. If you don't have Salah make him a priority and try and get him if you can 
Obviously, you can go without him and hope the rest of the squad makes it up, but it's certainly scary as a non-owner. Aston Villa have great fixtures, as do Tottenham. So Madison, Son, Watkins, Diaby, Cash. Usual suspects. West Ham have good fixtures. Jared Bowen, Ward-Prowse, Soucek's a good cheap option. Areola's obviously a good goalkeeper pick. And Newcastle as well. So your Trippiers and your Gordons are the ones that come to mind there. Teams to avoid who are near the bottom of the fixture ticker for the next four game weeks. Chelsea, we're all basically avoiding them at the moment anyway avoid the promoted teams don't have great fixtures and they just don't have great FPL picks anyway Fulham and Bournemouth are two more teams that you probably don't want assets from for the next couple of weeks Captaincy transfers and my team for the weekend now Captaincy first of all Lots of good options this week with a lot of good fixtures on paper. Erling Haaland is at home to Brighton. He will be my captain. I don't own Mohamed Salah, so I don't have to make that decision. Salah's at home to Everton in the early kickoff. I like that for a captaincy shout as well. Hyungman Son and James Madison have a nice fixture at home to Fulham. Ollie Watkins is at home to West Ham. And then you've got the ultimate punt of a Bruno or Rashford captaincy against Sheffield United away. William Bain had a question. Does, Sa- does Haaland or Salah get the armband if you own both players? I'm on Haaland and I, st- I think I'd still be on Haaland if I own Salah as well. I think I like that fixture more so. I rate Everton slightly higher in terms of defensively than I do Brighton. Brighton are a great team but they're always pretty open. So that City-Brighton game could be a pretty entertaining affair and I'm hoping that Haaland will... Do damage to those managers who sold them. I'm a very selfish FPL manager, as we all are. I own him. Quite a few people don't own him now, and I'm hoping that there is chaos this weekend in terms of FPL points. So Haaland will be my captain against Brighton. I expect Salah to do well against Everton. But if you have both, I think I think Haaland just about shades it over Salah this week. And the others I mentioned are all decent options as well. But I think they are the standouts. I think it's Haaland versus Salah in a straight shootout for the armband. In terms of transfers, the plan is to roll because the starting 11 is looking fine this week. My bench is a bit of a mess, but I'm quite confident that all 11 starters will feature. If the Nottingham Forest game was to go, I've got Turner in goal, but I've got Johnson as a backup. Latest tweet I just checked, uh, Nottingham Forest do not expect the game to be postponed. But again, just keep an eye on that over the next 24 hours. Two free transfers is the plan for Game 10, where Sack is on my mind, Sal is on my mind, and Shimakas could be an option in defence as well. So the team for Game 9 is looking like Turner, hopefully, Trippier, Cash, and Gabriel as a back three, Son, Madison, Bruno Fernandes, and Bowen, and a front three of Haaland, Captain, Alvarez, and Ollie Watkins. Best of luck for the game week, folks, and most importantly, have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday to look back on the action, so make sure you hit subscribe or give it a follow on whatever platform you're listening. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can simply buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Talk to you all again on Monday. Podcast Network.